Blockchain FM Radio. As part of Blockchain FM Radio, we are doing this industry interaction series and we are interviewing people who have enabled blockchain you know, to get off the ground. You know, a lot of uh, startups accelerators really need this. And also, uh, there are a lot of blockchain enthusiasts and professionals who want to uh, get onto the blockchain platform and start learning and adopting it. However, they sometimes feel the necessity of uh, you know, tr trying to see what lies on the other side before they, they can jump onto this. So with that in mind, you have been exceptionally well connected with folks within Andhra Pradesh, Telangana, the T-Hub initiatives uh, to bring those startups and entrepreneurs to speed uh, in adopting AI, IoT technologies or, uh, or blockchain. Uh, so we'd, we'd be really glad to have your insights. And uh, so over to you, please. Thank you. I think, uh, first of all, it's a great idea to have something like uh, blockchain uh... FM radio platform. I think that in itself is a very unique uh, idea. Like all of us know, blockchain is probably amongst the most talked about technology. Okay. Some people think it's a lot of hype. Some people think it's a foundational technology which will disrupt everything that we see. Mm -hmm. So the jury is out. I think only time will say mm -hmm. uh, what will happen with blockchain. But yes, I've been dabbling in blockchain for the last two, two and a half years. I've been lucky to work with uh, some of the large corporates, governments, and uh, discuss with a lot of friends around mm -hmm. who are uh, typically into the blockchain ecosystem. So I would be happy to share my views around blockchain. Thanks. So a large part of the discourse has been uh, that blockchain can solve a lot of problems, but a lot of people who are saying it's probably not a, a solution for all. And uh, there has to be uh, a lot of due diligence that has to go before those use cases have to be thought of. So what are your thoughts around that? You know, how, how should people get onto this? Yeah, I think uh, that's true to a large extent because uh, blockchain uh, for a long time has been called as a solution which is waiting for problems to happen. That's one way of defining blockchain. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I would take a step back and say, why is it that we are talking about blockchain? Uh, isn't it true for any technology? Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously, you can't force fit a technology into any solution, right? So I think this applies for all technologies and people who are mature mm -hmm. and people who have a mature view towards technology will all tell you the same thing mm -hmm. that it's the right fitment which is important. So you can't rush into applying blockchain for everything. Mm -hmm. At the same time, uh, blockchain uh, use cases are getting more and more predominant. Mm -hmm. uh, all said and done, it's still early days for blockchain, uh, but I think the way I look at it is everything has a hype cycle and then it uh, flattens a bit where people start adopting it and mm -hmm. then there is you know some kind of course correction. So we have probably crossed that stage where people were wondering should we or should we not get into the blockchain bandwagon. To best of my knowledge every corporate worth its name today is working on some serious POC with blockchain. Right. So to that extent we have crossed the stage of that question mark. Now, how these POCs are implemented? What are the challenges people face during these POC implementation? Does it excite the business side of the corporates? Do they see value in that? And parallelly, you should look at what are the evolution or what are the things that are evolving in blockchain technology itself. Right. There has been a lot of criticism about the kind of consensus algorithms. There has been criticism about how slow it is or, you know, all these kind of things. So I think at some point mm -hmm. there will be a kind of an improvement or evolution of the technology itself right. and at the same time people would have 
done one or two rounds of POCs, learned from their mistakes. There's no shortcut, mind you. Right. So how much ever people call themselves as gurus, mm-hmm. right? End of the day, we all learn from our mistakes. Sure. So I think it's a matter of a year more mm-hmm. when people would have gone through these initial POC cycles, mm-hmm. learned from it. And that's when probably the realization will strike what is possible and what is not possible with blockchain. I think that's where all of us are. Right. So earlier we spoke to uh, Mr. Ramayar uh, with uh, 1101 and uh, he's he's doing some pretty interesting stuff on that. I, I'm assuming you also have uh, had considerable experience implementing 1101 um, as well. So with that experience, could you relate to some use cases, some strong use cases that people can look up to and uh, in the Indian context? Right. So uh, first of all, I mean, Rama is a great friend of mine. Uh-huh. Um, we have not implemented on 1101 because 1101 has still not come out in the open. Okay. They're still building the protocol, mm-hmm. but uh, they have uh, strategic partnerships okay. with a lot of companies, including Ecrisat, for example, which is a world leader in agriculture research. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just a step back again, uh, when you talk about in Indian context, I think one of the key things that we have to understand is that blockchain has a lot of resonance in developing countries like India mm-hmm. because what blockchain brings to table is transparency, mm-hmm. what blockchain brings to table is uh, removing centralized authorities which are bureaucratic in nature right. and these are the challenges in developing countries. Mm-hmm. In uh, some of the more advanced countries, a lot of these challenges have already been solved. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, you'll see more and more blockchain adoption mm-hmm. in some of the developing countries and India is I think a very fit uh, ground or a very you know fertile ground mm-hmm. for testing blockchain applications and no wonder a lot of state governments have come forward a lot of corporates have come forward uh, to work on blockchain solutions be it in agriculture be it in cases like land record registry on blockchain mm-hmm. I know a few governments were talking about how some of the subsidies and all that can be put on blockchain mm-hmm. but again uh, we always you know put this disclaimer these are early days right. people are testing it out in some small pilots POCs kind of thing Okay, that's that's good to know. In the Telangana or AP context, could you please relate your experiences uh, in this area? Uh, I think uh, the southern states and especially the state of Andhra and Telangana have Mm -hmm. always been in the forefront of technology. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're very lucky in that sense that we are driven by um, uh, there. We know Mr. Chandrababu Naidu, who's the chief minister and IT minister Lokesh who's also on the forefront of technology and here everyone knows about Mr. KTR and his proactiveness in terms of IT developments. So mm-hmm. that's why I think these two states have been on the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, today the land record registry on blockchain in Andhra Pradesh is talked about across the world right. as a government initiative which is really very really serious about blockchain. Mm-hmm. Similarly in Telangana, there is an application which uh, one of the startups from T-Hub mm-hmm. has come up with which is putting the chit fund industry, the mm-hmm. unregulated chit fund industry on blockchain. So they call it as chit forms. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's again a very interesting thing. And uh, recently during the International Blockchain Congress, mm-hmm. there are a lot of MOUs signed by the Telangana state government mm-hmm. with 1101 okay. and uh, other organizations to come up with more use cases of blockchain. In fact, uh, there's a blockchain district which is being created in Telangana. Okay. Similarly in Andhra Pradesh, you have a, a repository of blockchain use cases which is being uh, you know uh, developed mm-hmm. so that way i think both these states are as expected on the forefront of adoption and talking about blockchain technology 
which is which is wonderful so in terms of uh, you know new people like blockchain entrepreneurs wanting to uh, probably work on some of these use cases uh, you give the example of andhra pradesh having a blockchain use case repository so uh, how do they approach this um, uh, I, and and what are the means so i i, I think uh, luckily again uh, governments are more open than what they used to be at any point of time earlier right. mm-hmm. so there are a lot of uh, these challenges just recently government of andhra pradesh completed a million dollar challenge which was a global challenge mm-hmm. for anyone who can come up with a good fintech solution right. so i think often there are a lot of programs which are coming up in terms of hackathons in terms of challenges mm-hmm. in terms of uh, you know uh, initiatives mm-hmm. uh, here it is tihub which is driving some of them triplite is driving some of them there are a lot of other organizations also who are driving right um, so this is the place where they can participate okay. um, again if you are a startup you may or may not want to work with government directly mm-hmm. because government being government there are also sometimes some constraints right. but uh, i can tell you that there, there are enough uh, support mechanisms mm-hmm. there are enough mentor networks today mm-hmm. uh, who will be happy to support these entrepreneurs so that sh- should not be a problem at all i think we have a very mature ecosystem mm-hmm. where there are a lot of mentors lot of organizations mm-hmm. would be more than happy to help these uh, startups sure Uh, and uh, a brief while ago while we were discussing uh, you were mentioning uh, you know the next generation you know how you are promoting adoption or, or increasing awareness within the next generation your types with uh, jawaharlal nehru uh, university could you uh, elaborate on that please sure i think um, what is becoming more and more evident is if india were to take the leadership position in technology innovation uh, we need talent Mm-hmm. right at one level we need upskilling of the existing people mm-hmm. but what we also need is great product engineers coming out of our universities and colleges right and uh, that way jnq hyderabad has taken a lead and it is in the forefront of coming up with some of these initiatives mm-hmm. a year back uh, initiative was launched by name jhub mm-hmm. so in layman terms jhub is like the t hub for student innovation and entrepreneurship Mm-hmm. and i'm i'm privileged to be associated with them we've also been running some summer school summer product schools for the last 4 years in the name of excite mm-hmm. now some of these initiatives have really uh, you know uh, been received very well both by the student community the academic community and more importantly by the industry also right so what we are looking at is churning out some smart engineers on these emerging technologies because that is what will fuel the growth in terms of industry also because a lot of times startups especially mm-hmm. there's a huge challenge in terms of talent right right and they can't afford and they are not branded enough to go to the top uh, engineering schools and pick up talent there so right. you need to have a supply of talent mm-hmm. which comes from tier 2 tier 3 colleges also right. and that's where probably the startups will also be comfortable in hiring them and taking the story forward I think sure. that's a very very important part mm-hmm. of uh, building the whole ecosystem. Sure. Uh, in terms of barriers of entry uh, for a startup to think about what would be the costs, just getting in and sustaining or maintaining himself before his product becomes, you know, he reaches the MVP stage where he has a, a minimum viable product to take it to the market. So what are the, what do you see as the barriers to entry here given that you know blockchain, blockchain has this space? in the blockchain space decentralization yeah i think uh, i don't know if it's a barrier to entry but one of the challenges is that it's constantly evolving mm-hmm. so people will it's it's a dilemma are you too early or too late in the game right 
So I think that's one of the big uh, question mark that is going to be there. Mm -hmm. Also because it's such a foundational technology, I think sometimes the startups will also face this uh, question of credibility. Right. Why should we go with you? So to me, these are some of the things. But then these are also in a way work in favor of startups mm -hmm. because startups can take the risk. Right. Startups have nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. So it's a double-edged uh, thing. If they use it the right way, then I think startups can say that, hey, look, we are new, we are agile, and we can take up these new technologies because corporate will think for a much longer time to deep dive into such kind of technologies. Right. So I think it's how you turn the challenge into an opportunity. That's what entrepreneurship is all about. True. And on the corporate side, uh, how do you see the uh, adoption as the rate at which it's being adopted? We see a lot of, uh, I, I guess, um, every company, like you said, worth its grain of salt has already started off with PO, either POCs or to some extent come out with products or solutions uh, in the blockchain space. So uh, what is there, uh, you know, there's a period where they're experimenting to see how it works. So has there been, you know, what is the kind of traction that they're seeing in this space? So I can probably tell you from my experience, mm -hmm. um, we work with a lot of corporates obviously for uh, uh, reasons of confidentiality, I cannot uh, name them. Mm -hmm. But uh, a year back when we were discussing with some of these uh, big corporates, they would be, uh, the talk would be around should we go for blockchain, is it too early, I think we would like to wait for some time. Mm -hmm. uh, today for the last four or five months, the story is different. Mm -hmm. We are actually working with at least four or five large corporations mm -hmm. and I'm assuming if we are working, others are also working with other corporations right. uh, where the scope has already been defined, mm -hmm. the prototype has progressed halfway through mm -hmm. and we are talking about timelines when we will deliver and when we will have a demonstration. Right. Internally, obviously they have also sold the same concept to their business and to their leadership. Mm -hmm. So I think to that extent, things have moved to the POC stage. Yeah. Uh, I'm not very sure if um, most POCs have been completed. I would assume uh, Jan, Feb 2019 is when a lot of these corporations will have a full-fledged POC, mm -hmm. uh, which is working and stable kind of a thing. So it's exciting times because once the POC is in place, probably it will move to the next stage. So that's where I, I assume most people are. From my knowledge, blockchain as a technology enables inter-organizational uh, efficiencies more than intra-organization. Within the organization, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of efficiencies are already built up. Um, so in, in terms of inter-organizational efficiencies, where do you see, uh, you know, within a specific industry, uh, how is it coming up, are there consortiums, uh, you know, we see India chain or bank chain being some examples. What are the other examples that you see that's developing? Yeah, I think uh, again a lot of this will depend on the maturity, depend on uh, how people come together mm -hmm. but um, be it inter-organizational or intra-organizational, mm -hmm. I think even uh, intra-organizational large corporates they tend to be silos and there's a lot of confusion in terms of information mm -hmm. but uh, if you look at examples like supply chain management, I right. think these are the kind of areas which will mm -hmm. adopt blockchain uh, the foremost mm -hmm. uh, because there's so much of uh, lack of efficiency, so much of lack of trust, True. so many parties which are involved in the whole value chain. Mm -hmm. So my understanding is that the supply chain management, uh, the banking and finance, these are some of the domains which will mm -hmm. probably adopt mm -hmm. blockchain at the earliest. Financial domain because it's regulated has its own uh, other questions to be answered. Right. If you look at supply chain management, mm -hmm. uh, the fact that blockchain will allow people to have a single source of truth, mm -hmm. the fact that in real time you can uh, know what is happening 
right. and we all know right from the days of EDI, electronic data interchange, how right. much a pain it is right. when there are multiple entities who are involved in the chain. Very so true. my guess is that supply chain management uh, kind of areas are going to be the first kind of areas will probably adopt uh, blockchain. Sure. The other area which uh, people talk very often is about document management. Mm -hmm. now it would be health records, it could be certificates, it could be land records. Right. When you look at it uh, at a little abstract level, it's mm -hmm. all about document management. Right. Uh, authenticity of documents, sure. interoperability of uh, documents. So it could be a government insurance company, it could be a university. These are the kind of uh, uh, use cases which probably will be the first uh, set of use cases. Right. But then we all know there are so many interesting use cases people are coming up with mm -hmm. every now and then you hear Right. Lot of things. Like I gave you an example, chit funds, mm -hmm. an unregulated area on blockchain is a very super hit uh, concept. Okay. Uh, who would have thought about it? Right? So yeah, micro lending, micro all depends on yeah. the uh, ingenuity of the entrepreneur and the startup. It's interesting you brought up regulation. Uh, and I'm glad you know we're having a 20-minute conversation and still we've not gone back to cryptocurrency. Uh, which is positive in a way because blockchain now has defined niche for itself. So keeping cryptocurrency aside, what is the kind of policy or regulation or support that you, you see is uh, the blockchain technology space is getting? I think the moment you keep cryptocurrency aside, there's nothing about regulation that blockchain has to talk about. Uh, they don't meet, right? It's because it's only the cryptocurrency which is where uh, there is a talk about regulation and all that. Blockchain on its own, look at it as any other distributed technology, which comes with a combination of other things like smart contracts, immutability, um, uh, provenance. So as such, blockchain doesn't need any regulation, doesn't need to talk to anyone for regulation. Mm -hmm. uh, the only place where blockchain meets regulation or regulatory authorities is I see a lot of regulatory authorities very excited about blockchain. So we see a lot of governments very excited about blockchain as a client, as a, you know, uh, implementation uh, use case kind of right. thing but otherwise uh, blockchain on its own doesn't need any regulatory this thing having said that uh, we all also understand that uh, by having virtual currency or cryptocurrency mm -hmm. a lot of blockchain use cases can go to the next level right right mm -hmm. uh, they can exist without uh, right. cryptocurrency also right. but the incentivizing mm -hmm. mechanism of right. adopting blockchain Mm -hmm. will happen if you use some cryptocurrency right people will have to wait right. for regulation to happen right and i'm not a very big fan of getting into something without uh, proper due diligence because right. india is a vast country and we know people are very vulnerable to frauds and all that mm -hmm. so i think it's okay to wait for some time for some regulation and some sanity to happen mm -hmm. so blockchain can exist without cryptocurrency without any regulation but this there are quite a few applications in blockchain which will have a much better impact mm -hmm. if we could also have cryptocurrency associated with that. Very true. And for that, people will have to wait for the regulatory framework to be in place. And especially with the way uh, even the cryptocurrency space, earlier we were talking about uh, some challenges with scalability and response times being addressed with like the Lightning Network coming into place. Um, I'm hoping, you know, the, the, and the tokenization aspects of smart contracts, which, uh, you know, inherently given some incentive mechanism in place, uh, maybe we'll have to wait for some more uh, regulatory oversight into that. And it, it seems to be a very uh, promising area. Um, so any final thoughts for our listeners? 
Final thoughts, I would only say that having seen technology for the last 20 years, neither should we dismiss any technology, nor should we, you know, uh, go by the hype of it. Reality lies somewhere in between. It's good to read, good to get into conversations, listen to other points of view, mm-hmm. and uh, no harm in learning new technologies, no harm in uh, trying to understand Dabble, where you have access to all the things. So mm-hmm. I wish all uh, good luck to all your listeners and wish them a lot of uh, technology uh, updates from your channel. Thank you so much. Uh, it was a real pleasure talking to you, Mr. Pankaj. Uh, we from Lockdown FM Radio are uh, thankful that you gave us your time. And uh, we wish you the best of luck with uh, all your future endeavors and all your mentorship. We should bring in a lot more people, uh, adopt blockchain and you know use this technology to its fullest extent. You know, there's a lot of promise, but uh, you know it has to be delivered. Thank you so much for your time. Sure, thank you so much. I wish you all also good luck. I think this is a very uh, wonderful initiative to come up with uh, this kind of a novel uh, initiative of blockchain FM kind of a thing. I wish you good luck and uh, wish good luck to all your listeners. Thank you. Sir.